Welcome to You Should Get a License, the number one source for anyone looking to learn about or join the most underrated opportunity in business today, a career in the insurance industry. Get educated, motivated, and inspired for your journey as you learn both how and why you should get a license. Welcome back. Welcome back. Once again, this is Rod Powell and you are listening to the You Should Get a License podcast, your number one source for information, education, inspiration, motivation, elevation, all those things uh, really regarding the most underrated career opportunity in business today. We are talking about a career in the insurance industry in financial services. Really excited about, you know, the guest today. He's a friend. Uh, someone who I've actually known since he actually came into the business. And it's always exciting to uh, see someone enter the space and then accomplish, you know, their goals and become successful and then start to expand and evolve into other areas and other market segments within the business as well. And that's what this gentleman has done. So uh, I want to welcome without further ado, uh, my friend, insurance professional, Mr. Zachary Wilson. Zach, how you doing, sir? Good, Rod. Thanks for having me on, man. It's an honor. Hey, hey look, man, I, absolutely. I, I've been looking forward to the conversation because as I was mentioning to you, um, you know, we, we speak to, you know, agencies and we speak to agents, but we don't always, you know, speak to individuals who are in the business that are actually being of service to the agents. So I know that you're, you're chiming in, you know, from up in uh, the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. But I wanted to uh, just get a little get a little snapshot and give some insight into into what you do on the day to day basis. So, on the, and can you share, you know, what market segmentation you're in, you know, what you actually do in the business, and how you bring value, you know, to the to the greater insurance community right now? Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, so, what I'm currently doing is uh, I'm an agency manager with a primarily Medicare based uh, FMO. Uh, field marketing organization. Um, and right now, my day-to-day is dealing with agencies all across the country uh, that we currently are contracted with, um, helping them reach their goals, helping them with any contracting, um, really giving them any ideas to think outside the box, and mainly just to get where they want to be goal-wise. So we all have goals in life, whether that be through work, personal goals, everything. Um, it's a great way to kind of get their vision and drill down um, to what exactly needs to be done for them to reach those goals. It's great because we have a uh, you know back, back office support system uh, where I work now, marketing, contracting, compliance. Uh, we have a videographer uh, full-time, actually. That's what, that, there's two gentlemen there. Uh, full-time, that's what they do. So we're big presence on YouTube and things like that. Um, Outside of dealing with current customers, a huge role of ours now um, is actually recruiting. Um, so I'm calling all over the country, picking up hot market segments to where seniors are moving. Um, it kind of seems that a lot of seniors are all kind of moving to the same place, whether that be Texas, uh, huge growth in Tampa, Florida. Um, mm-hmm. South Florida, I think, is getting a little too expensive for people to live there. So it's pushing them up North Florida. Um, and then, like I said, over into that Tampa Clearwater area uh, and also in Texas as well. Um, so 
calling around all over the country and seeing, hey, are you currently working in the Medicare market? Are you working with an FMO? And, uh, you know, if you have if you are working with an FMO, what would you change about it? Um, you know, I operate from the mentality of, hey, you don't know what's out there until you give somebody five minutes of your time. And at the end of that five minutes, if we're a great for- fit for you, cool. And if not, hey, no harm, no foul. You know what else is out there? You know, that's right. That's right. Hey, a, a wise man always listens. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, man, I, I think that's. Um, that's very helpful and, and it's, it's very cool too. Like it's a, and, and, I, and I use the term cool, you know, really to express the amount of value that you actually add to, to other agents and agencies. So when someone is getting into the business and they're trying to determine where they want their focus to be, whether it's going to be on uh, health insurance or property and casualty or auto or some special lines or commercial or Medicare, in your case, if there's, hey, look, you know, I want to get into this Medicare space, but I'm not really sure, you know, how, then you're actually going to help them by bringing all the tools to help them build their business. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely. Um, Where we've seen a huge growth is Rod, you would not believe the amount of PNC brokers, um, uh, financial planners that outsource their Medicare business for nothing. Yeah. So my idea behind that is, They've already built this trust with you and trusted you with their financial well-being. Why would you let that business walk out of the door? Get licensed, learn a little bit about Medicare, because the thing about Medicare is, you know, you have part A, part B, right? But you need that supplement. You need that extra coverage. Um, It's not a, hey, now I think I'll pass on it. It, it, You need it. So, you know, why let money walk out of the door? Uh, You've built that relationship. So I'm trying to get people to, you know, we've noticed a little bit. Um, and I do a lot here with the Chamber of Commerce here in South Point, Pennsylvania. Um, lovely chamber, man. I mean, it, it, you meet a lot of people there. But I met with a financial planner today, and he's, you know, was telling me that he outsources all this Medicare. And, um, you know, told him the exact same thing I just told you. And he said, is it that, that easy to get licensed? I said, you studied your test and you passed your exam for your whatever series it is uh, that you need to be a financial planner, you know, but he goes, yeah, well, you took a harder test than it probably the health insurance test. So um, he didn't realize how easy it was to get a license, you know, just put in the time and, and schedule the test and do it. Uh, so we're going to meet on that, too. So and, and that's just one example. You know, I, everything I've seen since I've been into this space, trying to call people that aren't already in Medicare, um, the amount of people that outsource it is phenomenal. Absolutely. OK. Yeah, man. No, look, it's it, it's. Um you know, it's, it's a great place, you know, that you found yourself, you know, in, in this space, because when we first met, you know, you came in, you came in as an agent, then you were, you know, sales team leader. So you're already in the business of helping people to get to where they want to go and kind of accomplish what they want to accomplish. And now you're taking professionals who have already kind of reached a cap, right. Or, or kind of ran into a, ran into an, an area where they're, they're not, maximizing all of the opportunity and helping them to kind of drive that to the next level. So I want to, I want to come back to, I want to come back to that because I really want, I want to, I do want to touch on like field marketing organizations and like what that really means, you know, for someone to participate there, because when you think about Medicare, you think about, you know, carriers um, that are offering it as well. They say, Hey, look, you know, come and, you know, just work with the carrier, but you know, it, it may not give, you know, all of the, it may not give all of the aspects of, of support 
you know, that, that, that you're able to do right now with uh, agencies that you're working with. So, so why is a, a field marketing organization beneficial, you know, for, for an agent? Well, I'll tell you what, um, we could take an agent from, I don't know anything about Medicare all the way through. We have a couple divisions in our company. I deal with the agencies. So I'm looking for people who have, you know, 10 or more agents already underneath them. But we also have a division that will take somebody from not knowing anything about Medicare, taking them through the process, the certifications, the contracting, everything like that. Um, we also have access to the top level commission contracts. Um, that's another huge advantage of working with an FMO. Um, another uh, advantage of that is our marketing, you know, you'll have a marketing department. If you want to do a rebranding, I'm doing a rebranding for a guy out in Philadelphia right now um, that just simply wants to change the name of his agency because it's not getting the results that he wants. Mm. Um, so he thinks by changing the name, it's going to do something. And he has a really good plan behind it. But it's not so simple as you as you probably know to change your agency's name. If you have an agency contract, you have this name. You can't just say, hey, I just want to change the name. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Right. You got to go through, you got to uh, reapply, you got to fill out the applications, you got to do all the contracting over again. Yeah. So pretty much what I'm saying is I'm taking everything that, that I could only imagine for some, a broker to, or an agency owner to try to figure out themselves. I have a team of professionals that knows exactly what to do, what to sign, what needs to be done. Um, and it's pretty cool to have that right behind me in my office. Um, you know, if you want a marketing piece, we have marketing, uh, marketing, uh, a marketing department in our in our company as well, and also we do a fantastic job of. Uh, we have what's called an AMP program. So what that means is they can get money from us for marketing purposes just by writing business. So if you go straight to, uh, let's just say it's a United Healthcare or an Aetna, I feel like you're just a number. If you're working with an FMO. People are attached to you. It's not just me. There's another associate of mine who's also an agency manager. And then we also have a director. We're each responsible for, for um, assigned agencies that we deal with across the country. So you become friends with them. You become, you know, interesting. You know, I'm a Miami Heat fan. And the uh, guy I was talking to out in Philly, uh, he said, how was your night last night? And I told him this morning, I'm like, not too good. Um, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but they, they lost to the Celtics last night. Um, <laughs> But you just build that relationship there. Um, yeah. If they need somebody, they have somebody to call um, and you're not getting, you, you, I feel like at least in my FMO, people answer the phone. Um, you call carriers, you're on hold, you're waiting. You can't get the answer you want. You may get the right answer. You may get the wrong answer, depending on which customer service representative you're talking to. Um, we're going to find you the right answer. Um, and if I don't know the right answer, I've got a slew of people that have been in the business for years that can get me the right answer. So working with an FMO has so many upsides um, to whether it's contracting, whether it's compliance. Um, you know, with Medicare, there's a lot more in compliance coming from the life insurance and supplemental side of things where we had compliance, but not too much. When it comes to Medicare, because the government is involved, Everything's you got to watch out. Everything is regulated. Every marketing piece has to be submitted to CMS for approval. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the Joe Namath commercials um, that were on that, that talked about certain plans of Medicare and, and features. Can't do that. So uh, that all got pulled. And now it's starting a lot in, in the compliance background with Medicare on what you can do, what you can't do, and, you know, what kind of stipulations you have to have on it. So it's, it's, it's a total different world um, that I'm operating in now, but, but it's, it's, 
it's really cool to see how different parts of insurance actually work. Fascinating, man. Fascinating. And, and, and what's really uh, fascinating about it is, is, is two things. One, it's, it's service centric, right? Yeah. Um, and you mentioned, hey, taking someone through the entire process from, from not having dealt with the Medicare space to learning all about the marketing, the compliance, you know, the, the plan types, everything they need in order to be, be efficient. Um, but it's also fascinating from the standpoint of, you know, you kind of bridging into this space, right? And, and someone's yeah. listening saying, I didn't even know that that existed. I didn't even know like something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Not, not just a, not just an FMO, but an agency manager at an FMO that that they could have a career at an FMO doing something similar to to what you're doing right now. So I want to I want to go back, man, and just talk about you know your story a little bit, and just kind of take you know take take our listeners you know on, on the journey you know of Zach yeah. Wilson and kind of where he's been. So so I want you to go all the way back, and I want you to think back to when you were like like nine or 10 years old, right? Okay. And, and I want you to share, what was your dream job growing up? What did you dream of being? Because typically we don't dream of being in this industry. What, what did you dream of being? Nine or 10 years old. Um, I think you could have found me with a basketball in my hands at all times. Um, so I was really tuned into, you know, basketball. Um, that was really my thing growing up. Um, outside of that, man, I flopped all over the place. At one time I wanted to be a teacher at one time I wanted to be in business, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I saw a lot, you know, growing up um, just South of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, living with my family. And I don't know, do you want me to dive into to kind of how I was brought up and kind of how yeah, my yeah. story. Okay. So, um, so born and raised in a small town called Claysville, Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, my father, Jim, my mom, Susan, I have my brother, Jacob, um, and then my sister, Letty, came along later. And, um, man, you never realize what you see as a kid, and then it resonates with you in life, right? Mm -hmm. So um, my dad was always involved with us. My dad worked um, at a college um, right up the street in Washington, Pennsylvania. He would come home at night, um, whether we had practice, whether it was basketball, football, whatever. He coached. Um, he would take us there. He'd come home. And while we all got ready for bed, he went downstairs and he actually did upholstery work. Um, so redoing couches, chairs, draperies, awnings, things like that. Um, and he, he, he hustled because he wanted my mom to stay home and raise us. So he did everything he could to make ends meet. And uh, it, it's funny because you, you look where you're at now and you look back at your childhood, right? And you see that stuff. And I saw it from a young age, like coming back to look at it, like, man, dad was doing whatever he had to do. He didn't miss a practice. He was, you know, going to work. He was doing extra stuff just so we could have the things we needed growing up. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really, really big for me. And along with my mom, man, my mom was at home all the time, made sure, you know, we were, uh, made sure, you know, we were well taken care of. Fast forward into that, let's get into middle school. We started, uh, we opened up a cafe and instead of, me, you know, just saying, oh, yeah, cool. Like my mom and dad own a little small little restaurant or whatever. Now, I was in there working since I was 14 years old. Um, and it's sometimes I just didn't want to go. But like I knew I like my mom would make me go right. Like, hey, you got to go. But now I think back and look at it, man. It taught me how to talk to people. It taught me how the, the, the meaning 
um, of earning a dollar. Uh, it taught me how to count money. It's a crazy thing now that people don't know how to count back change. Um, but um, I saw all different aspects of that stuff, man. So I was working since I was like 14 years old. Um, the only time I didn't have to work there was during basketball season or football season, but I would usually go in on the weekends. Um, so like during my childhood, I would say like my parents were a huge, huge influence on me uh, growing up, you know, being the oldest of three siblings as well. They all look at you. Uh, so that was always, that was always something that stuck out with me. Um, then I went through, you know, high school, college, um, went to Kent state university, and then I moved to Cleveland shortly after and, uh, you know, had a couple of jobs and then I was a college recruiter. Okay. I get married. I adopt my, uh, now 14 year old daughter. So it's the me, my wife, 14 year old daughter, or at the time she was two and a half, almost three years old. And uh, two, two weeks after I got married, I got let go of my job being a college recruiter. And uh, it was simply for the fact is they got too big too quick. Uh, and they had to make some cuts and I was low man on the totem pole. So uh, a couple of weeks after that, you know, I got stir crazy sitting at home trying to collect unemployment and do all this stuff and find another job where insurance was calling, insurance was calling, insurance was calling. Um, so I picked up the phone answered, answered a call from a supplemental company it was kind of iffy about it, but on my honeymoon, um, which was literally two weeks before that, um, I had met a guy named Chad and I'll leave his last name out of it. Um, but I knew he was in, he was in insurance. So I called him and said, Hey, what's up with this insurance stuff? And I told him the company's name and things like that. And he's, he was trying to tell me like, you can make a really good living off of this. You know, if nothing else is calling, what else do you have to lose? Right. I said, you're right. You know, I got a wife who's not working. I got, um, you know, a daughter too. I locked myself in the Parma library right outside of Cleveland, Ohio for like three or four days, pounded through my certifications, all that went, got my license, started selling insurance, um, started doing it in the supplemental market. Um, similar. That's how we met. And, uh, you know, primarily working in schools, selling things like cancer insurance, accident insurance, heart attack and stroke, life insurance, uh, disability, things like that. Um, it really kind of took off. It really took off. But I noticed that I was relying too much. Like, you know, what if a school cancels? What if there's a snow day? What if there's this? At the time, we didn't have COVID, so we couldn't sign stuff over the phone. So I had to right. f- figure out a way to make money. Um, so I started working part-time at Dick's Sporting Goods all through almost all of my uh, beginning three years of insurance just to know that I had this guaranteed money coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually let you have dental insurance too, as a part-time employee. So that way I had dental insurance as well for me and my family. Um, from there, uh, cause I knew insurance was going to pan out. I knew this was what I was doing and I made it work hours upon hours driving two and a half hours, three hours from my house, turning around, having to go back, work a part-time job, go up, wake up, do it all over again. Um, it was a few years of doing that, but it all paid off. Um, yeah. You know, as you know, after our, you know, I met you for the first time in uh, Washington, D.C. at the uh, at the leadership training. The 212? 212. Yes. And uh, shortly after that, I met a guy um, who was actually my roommate who said, you know, hey, man, we got some things going on down in South Florida. And I had always wanted to live in South Florida ever mm-hmm. since, you know, I was I was a little kid. I, I wanted to go to Florida. 
My parents oh, never oh, had Exactly. Hold on. I, now, I don't want to jump in, but but I want yeah. to go back because I want to make sure that we're we're extracting some of the, the key things that you're saying. You were talking about yeah. your childhood. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, your dad working in, in the college uh, during the day, then doing the upholstery at night, right? Mm-hmm. Doing whatever he needed to do to take care of his family. And you said, hey, look, you know, you don't, you don't look at these things or appreciate them until later on. But you think about the work ethic, right, that it instilled yeah. you to do what you needed to do for your family. Because you mentioned, hey, look, you know, when I, when I was older, I'm working at, it's kind of ironic. He was working at a college, then you were working at a college too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. Now thinking about it, I never thought about it like that, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when you ended up getting laid off, you know, you said, hey, the insurance is calling. You didn't, you didn't lay down. You, you immediately started to look for other opportunities and you, and you were open to it, right? You were yeah. open to that opportunity. My question is, before, before uh, you started getting those calls, had, had, the, had an insurance career ever crossed your mind? No. Never. Never thought about it. Right. Never. It, go, it goes back to that old saying, you're either born into it or it finds you. And yeah. insurance found me. Um, nobody in my family had sold insurance. Didn't know really anything about it. I just knew I had to pay car insurance and I had health insurance and all that fun stuff, but never yeah. knew that a cancer policy or things like that even existed. Look, I didn't even know a cancer policy existed when I when I first started, man. You know, it's it's one of those things where, like you said, you, you're you're born into it or it finds you. It's it's like, um, once once you find it, once it finds you, right? Once it finds you, it's one of those things where, once you're in it, you're kind of in it, right? Yeah. And you're not you're not leaving, right? No. Like if, no. If, you get a, if you get a taste of what it can do for you. Then you're like, hey, this is look, I, this is the industry that I'm going to stay in. So, you know, I, I just wanted to to highlight that a little bit for, you know, someone who who may have been introduced, who who has been getting maybe some calls or or seeing some ads or seeing some articles, and uh, you you know, your friend said, hey, look, you know, if no, if if there's not any other opportunities, what what else are you gonna, what else are you looking at, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And really, what I hear is, what have you got to lose? Yeah, you got to lose by giving it a shot. The other thing that you mentioned was in your first three years, even though, you know, you're having, having some success, you're kind of finding your way, you're learning the business, starting to build, you still kept that, that part-time job as well. Right. So, so basically you did the same thing that your dad did. Hey, you know, you're out during the day hitting those schools and I know those drives. I remember those drives, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're there at, at, at old dark 30, you know, and you're staying till the end to the, you know, before the first car arrives and after the last car leaves, right? A follow-up. Absolutely. I remember the, I, I got it. Yeah, so yeah. You're going through that whole process. And then afterwards, you're saying, hey, look, you know, I'm still going to do, you know, my part-time gig to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do for my family. Once again, it kind of comes back into that work ethic. But it also speaks to the flexibility um, that insurance allows as well, right? Because Absolutely. you could have you could you you technically could have worked full-time at dicks right and then like on your days off still worked inside of the business you know yeah. maybe a couple of days during the week so i i just wanted to hop in there and just just kind of highlight yeah. a few of those things but yeah. uh and to kind of feed off of what you just said you know um we look at you know i guess kind of out of the woods but maybe not out of the woods yet but you look at our current pandemic situation 
and and you look at the bad of things but i think sometimes we focus too far too much on the bad not on the good had that happened like during that time i would have been making individual appointments at night with anybody that wanted to talk about insurance and closing them over the phone or over a zoom um we didn't have that option uh back when that was so you know i had to pick up that extra job but again you know I, I networked with a lot of people. I sold insurance to some people that I met fitting for golf clubs. I mean, it just kind of happened that way. You know, I was working in the right department. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, it's, it's always something I've had in me. Um, and really, like you said, I mean, no one's ever really listened to my story before, um, like in depth. Um, and, you know, you're right. I mean, the, the work ethic was instilled by looking at my father and, and, and knowing that in my head about what he had to do for his family. Um, and then, and you're right, man. I mean, I, I never looked at it before, but I guess I did the same thing. So. Yeah, no, very cool, man. Now you, so, so you were, all right. I, like I said, let's, let's go, let's go back. Okay. Let's go back. Now you, after the train DC you had the opportunity to, to move down to Florida. Okay. Boom. Boom. So um, at the time I was working with uh, Tom, a good, good buddy of mine. Um, we had started selling that, you know, life insurance and life insurance only. Um, so we started shooting up the ranks in the company um, and opportunity came in South Florida. Never thought I would make it there. Um, ended up taking it. Um, you know, there were some people uh, that I worked with in Ohio that that became family. And it kind of, you know, kind of was was. I don't want to use the word sucks, but it sucked having to tell them that I was leaving. But um, I'm glad I did what I did. Moved down to South Florida, um, started doing some stuff in the city of Miami, Broward County School Board, Palm Beach, um, all over the place down there in South Florida under a management. Management gets shaken up after about two months that I'm there. And here, a guy who, who I truly admire, um, who I was introduced to in Ohio, was moving from California. Um, down to South Florida, where he had been previously, uh, to become a regional manager, and I was going to be working underneath him. Um, and we had a new guy who uh, I still, you know, think of uh, have a lot to to really thank for um, coming from Vegas to be the state manager. And I said, "Oh no, I got it good now. I'm like the right hand man down in Florida. And now all these people are coming. What's going to happen to me?" And it, you know, I'm a firm believer, Rod, of of you meet certain people for a certain reason, and things always happen for a reason because those guys and, and i'm gonna shout them out man todd uh michael hogan todd lauer and michael hogan great guys great guys i mean dude they got me to think big they got me to think bigger they got me to not doubt myself um really put me in a position to succeed and then um you know things started taking off from there man i was living really i was i was living good i was i was eating i wasn't having to work at dicks anymore um, I didn't work at Dick's when I was in Florida. Oh, yeah. Y'all yeah, were hot flying down there. Y'all were, were the, uh, the, the nature boys. Y'all were like the four horsemen. Yeah, you know, man. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> right. So when I was down there, um, you know, I just got embraced and engulfed in the culture. And, you know, um, you know, from you became a huge Miami Hurricanes fan just because I'm a huge college football guy. And they were the closest team down there. So you started following them and then you start getting in with all the a different ethnicity that's down there. And then you go into certain schools and you've got to have a, a you know, someone that speaks Creole, someone that speaks Spanish. Um, it was just a great melting pot of, of America really. Um, and I just loved the scene. I loved the, out the, the, everything about South Florida. I loved, um, was doing really, really well. Now here, um, was doing well, 
and uh, had to take a step back for reasons that I'll leave out. Um, had to take a step back, get a call from Todd and Michael. They want to hop on a, a conference call. And, uh, you know, another major, major person in my life is going to be introduced here in a minute. Um, a young guy by the name, I'm going to shout him out, Tucker Doucette. Uh, he, he wants to come over, you know, he's, yeah, he, he's moving from Tampa and he's moving over here, but they're like, you know, Z, you know, he, he just needs some guidance, man. He just needs some guidance. Will you, you know, work underneath him? Cause I couldn't be a manager at the time, had some things going on. Um, and, and I did, I was, I was excited cause I had met Tucker previously and, uh, him and I, man, we, we really formed a really, really close bond. Um, he's family to me. Um, and you know, we helped each other out, you know, majorly. Um, and I felt like I've influenced him. He's influenced me. Um, and we built a really, really good team down there. Uh, and I had a lot, a lot of fun selling insurance. And then um, I don't want to harp too much on that because I know we only got an hour, but, um, you know, built a really good relationship and did not want to leave. But again, certain things had happened um, in South Florida, uh, the pandemic, and then things in my personal life where, um, I came back to Southwestern Pennsylvania because number one, I needed, you know, I needed a change because South Florida is very, very expensive to live in. Um, number two, I needed family around me uh, more than ever. And um, I came back a, a, a single father. So, um, you know, came back um, and started doing the same exact job, same exact company back with the exact same person that I started doing insurance with. But it's like, you know, one of those things where you don't, you know, I did it for darn well, almost a year and uh, things just weren't panning out from where schools wouldn't let us in. Um, just things like that. You know, you go from dropping, you know, going to the schools in South Florida and you're dropping a fish line in a pond full of fish to go into getting a school scheduled, going and dropping that same line into a pond that maybe has 20 people in it instead of 120. Right. So, you know, just couldn't so get it going. Culture change. Exactly. Exactly. Obviously, um, you're in the middle of a pandemic at the same time. Right. right. And then, right. And then also on top of that, I'm looking at, I'm a single dad right now of a 13 year old. Family is changing. Family dynamics are changing. Yes. So, um, there, came bro. back, adjusted, right? Um, realized what I was doing was not panning out. Um, I needed to think about somebody other than myself. I needed to think about myself other than others being disappointed of me making a career change. Um, so I started looking for other jobs, started putting my resume out there, things like that. I didn't think, I thought I was just going to go do, you know, I've, I didn't want to do car sales. I knew I wanted to be in sales, right? So I found a couple different companies, but, you know, they just didn't fit. All of a sudden, the company that I'm working with now gives me a call. Um, actually, no, it was a recruiting agency gives me a call because I had applied for a Medicare sales rep position in the company that I'm working for. I interviewed with the uh, with the uh, with the recruiting firm, and the girl said, "Listen, I'm going to throw this out there, but this company that you're interviewing for, they need an agency manager, and you've got the experience, and I think you're selling yourself short. Can I present your resume and a recommendation for that position?" And I said, "Well, listen, like I don't know what Medicare, like I know what Medicare is, but I've never done anything with it. How am I going to be an, a direct an, an agency manager um, of a of a Medicare brokerage, right, or an FMO?" And um, sure enough, I got an interview and uh, me and, and the guy who interviewed me hit it off very, very well, not only on a um, 
business level and a goal setting level, but on a personal level, he had just been going through a divorce, you know, had children and we connected so personally um, that I think the business became like almost an afterthought, had a second interview, that guy liked me as well. But I will say, I would not have gotten that position had I not gotten all the experience from the time I got my license to that moment. I wouldn't have had stories to tell. I wouldn't have had uh, uh, marketing strategies that I put into place, promotional strategies I put into place, different ideas. The, the previous company gave me all of that. Um, so, and, and kudos to the people that were, that influenced my life um, in that company as well, you know? Um, yeah. So Thank you, man. They, they took a chance on me. Um, they took a chance on me and um yeah, I'm, I'm here where I am now. I, I'm, I'm learning the Medicare business. Um, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I work with a, with a, uh, uh, a company here, like I said, South Point, Pennsylvania. It's Cannonsburg, PA, but we have a nice little business park over here called South Point, which has a lot, a lot of companies in it. Um, and things are going good, man. I mean, I am back. It, it's kind of weird going from a 1099 employee uh, to a W-2 plus bonus employee. Uh, There's really no such thing as a 1099 employee, right? You're, no, right, right, right. right. But now look, here's a, but you know, it's, it's interesting. I want to, I want to, so I want to rewind a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's rewind. I want to rewind and go back where you talked about, you know, being in Ohio, right? And when you were transitioning to Florida, the people that you were working with being like family yeah. and moving to Florida, right. And finding those relationships and finding family there as well. Right. Absolutely. So we have our, we, you know, we have our, 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 our core family, right. Our, 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 our uh, you know, our, our spouse, our children, you know, our immediate family, but we also have, you know, a very close extended family, and then moving back and, and saying, hey, look, you know, here, here, I'm back with this extended family, but I'm branching out and then going into the new company and saying, hey, look, we're hitting it off. And now it's feeling like family here. And, mm -hmm. and what I want to kind of bring out of that is, you know, this industry, the relationships that you develop are so deep, right? And so connected. So, so beyond the amount of money, you know, that you can make. Um, and, and you've made, listen, I've seen, I've seen your numbers at the organization. So I know you made some money, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure you, you're, you're doing okay now and you're in your position now. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. What have, what have those, the relationships that you've developed, what has, what has having a, a, the right culture to be a part of, because at the time, even the organization that we were in together, the culture was very strong right which, which kind of drove those personal relationships and I, and I still have great relationships with the people from the organization as well including some you mentioned so I know exactly what you mean what has that meant for your success in this business and how for someone that, that's maybe bridging into the business like how important is that for them to be successful I would say it's everything um, you are the company that you keep um, successful people surround themselves with other successful people, people that want to be successful, want to hang out with the guys that are, you know, putting up big numbers or recruiting or whatever the case may be. Um, you want to surround yourself with successful people because it's just, it's like, 
it's like almost an addiction, man. I mean, you know, when I would work with, uh, we'll just use Tucker as an example. When I would work with him, you know, I would see him, man, Tucker, Tucker's already at, you know, X, Y, Z and, and I'm still sitting here and it's healthy competition. Um, but you want to see each other do well. Um, and I think it goes beyond that. Um, you know, those guys were there for me when I was at my lowest, when I was in South Florida by myself with, a, 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 at the time, an 11 year old and they surrounded me and, and anything that I needed, they, they, they were more concerned about my well-being than the numbers I was putting up. Um, and that meant a lot when you want to work and you want to grind and you want to hustle just, just because you have so much respect for your upline, man, that's a, that's a different game. Um, you know, you want to make them do well, you want to do well and you want to have them I almost like be proud of you. Um, be thankful for you. And uh, it was great, man. I, I, I would say, you know, you see, and I know you've seen it too, people with so much potential, so much natural potential that they don't even know, but they're hanging out with the wrong people yeah. and, and they're not getting to where they need to be. Um, so I would say, you know, surrounding yourself with successful people and people that are invested into you is everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because at, at, at the end of the day, you know, it, it really is a, a people business, right? Yeah. It, it's about the people. So now uh, at, at this stage, you know, you, you've kind of transitioned, you know, from the agent phase. And now, you know, you're at the agency manager kind of on the other side, being of service to agency owners and brokers. How do you stay like, what keeps you motivated now? What, what's keeping you moving? What's, what's keeping Zachary you know, look, looking toward the finish line. I've never lost that self-employed mindset. Um, I, I am in a company right now that I really, really like, and I'm only two months in. Um, and I wanted the same thing that I want for, wanted from, you know, people like Michael, people like Tucker, people like Todd, um, you know, for people to, for, for me to make a big impact and for me to be appreciated. That's what I, I live off of. Um, you know, bringing on that new agency, getting that bonus at the end of the at the end of the month, making sure people are hitting their numbers results in my paycheck. So it keeps you entangled in the business as opposed to, oh, yeah, I didn't hit this goal today. Oh, well, I'll get it tomorrow. No, like, you know, you've always got to keep that grinding mentality or you'll fall out of it. Um, so today, I mean, just to give you a snapshot of my day. Uh, had a had a very good meeting with a rather large brokerage uh, virtually in Philadelphia. Um, from there, went to a networking lunch for the um, Chamber of Commerce here. Spent about me and my coworker uh, spent about two and a half hours there networking. From there, came back to the office, finished up uh, some required phone calls and wrap ups for the end of the day. Uh, came home, told told my daughter that dinner is going to be a little bit late tonight, uh, and jumped on this on the podcast, um, you know, um, but eventually, man, I will tell you, um, there's some people out there doing some big things with Medicare and, and life insurance in a whole that once I get comfortable in this Medicare space to where I'm operating it at, at a level that I feel competent, um, I'm going to start selling, you know, life insurance and things like that, because it's out there. I have the license. I, you know, all you gotta do is do your CE credits and keep it up, um, yeah. and pay your, pay your renewals. Uh, but you know, that, 
that's going to be put back into play here too, because before I know it, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have a, a high school freshman here as 34 years old at, at 35. I'll be 35 by the time she's in high school. Um, you know, I got college coming, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, uh, to start really sacking, sacking some stuff away uh, yeah. for her for that. Um, so that's definitely going to be put back into my arsenal um, of doing evening and weekend appointments for, for life insurance, because I'll tell you, man, there's a certain satisfaction that you get when you provide somebody with something that they need, or maybe they didn't even know they needed it. Um, You know, uh, and I know you're, you can, you can think of this as, or you can relate to this as well, but people really just, you've almost got to take your benefits in your own hands. Um, Some of these companies that, Oh yeah, this is what you get X, Y, Z. But, you know, especially with life insurance, no, hey, you can't take that, that, that policy with you. A lot of people out there don't even know what the difference between term, whole, or universal life is. Um, and they think they're good, and they go to retire in their age 65, 66, 67, however old they may be, and realize that their you know, policy doesn't go with them. And then they're looking for an insurance. And unfortunately, life insurance goes off age. And, uh, you know, they're going to be paying a lot more for coverage that they had if they just would have put it in place, you know, 10, 15 years prior. Um, I got a lot of self-satisfaction out of that, knowing people had peace of mind when they left their workplace, that they had something um, that they could keep with them. So that was one, that was one of my major things that I really liked about being on that selling end, being on that provider end um, is educating, um, not overselling and getting people what they need. Yeah. Awesome, man. Look, I love the fact that, I love the fact that, you know, you're, you're still open, like, you're, you're kind of like, you, you, you got licensed in 2014. So you are 14, yeah. 2014. So, so eight years in, um, and, and, and you're kind of, you, you've had success in one area, one market segment. And now you're saying, Hey, look, even though I've had some success there, I'm not going to just stop. You know, I want to evolve. And now I want to become an expert in this Medicare space. And as I become more of an expert in this Medicare space, okay, then I'm still going to incorporate some of the things that I've done in the past you know, to continue to build from there. So tell me something, man, like what's the end goal for you? 10 years from now, you know, where where is Zach Wilson in this industry? 10 years from now. um, One thing I think that's really uh, starting to kind of, I think going to be my path is to start, have my own agency. Um, I I really want to have my own insurance agency um, in all aspects to be a one-stop shop for everything. Um, that, that's my end goal. Something that, Hey, if my you know daughter isn't really sure what she wants to do with her life, whether that's college, whether that's not. And by the way, Rod, I know we're like big components on furthering your education, but let's just face it, man. There's a lot of times that it, education just isn't for everybody. Like furthering education past high school just isn't for everybody. I don't think we talk about insurance enough in high schools, man, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you can make a lot of money. You look at these kids out here with their TikToks and their YouTubes and things like that. These kids making money while they're in high school. You really think they're going to go to college? Maybe, maybe not. But like, there's people out there that just education is not for them. You get your, you, you know, get your insurance license. You could start making money. 18, as soon as graduation, take, you know, take your test, get your license. Um, I don't think we talk about it enough on that level, but going back to what I was saying, you know, it would be cool to have something where if my daughter's not sure what she wants to do with her life, you know, Hey, come to work with your dad, check this out, see what I do um, and be able to pass that down. Um, I, th- I think would be something really cool that I'm really opening my eyes to. 
Um, because like you said, we both started off in very similar insurance backgrounds um, and you think that's it, but you can, you, you literally open your eyes and you see what else you can do with that license. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do have to remain licensed, even though I'm not selling Medicare right now um, or Medicare supplements or Advantage plans or anything like that. So I have to maintain my license because I have to have, you know, keep it, keep it up to date uh, to be able to talk about it. So that I would, I would tell anybody, if you do have your insurance license, never let that thing drop because you don't know when something in your life is going to change. And especially now with all of our technology, you can make a couple hundred bucks here, a thousand bucks here just by meeting with someone and helping them. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, the, the opportunities are, are really endless and you know, it's, it's one of those things where just by having that license, right. Even with all of the, even with the experience, you had the experience, but that license is really what qualified you to be in the position that you are right now. Right. It's like, you could have still had the same experience, but let's just say you said, Hey, I'm going to let my license lap lapse. You wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> you know, nope. Nope. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's important to, you know, keep that certification, get that designation and, and, and just on the education piece, once again, look, ed education is, is important. Um, but as uh, you know, one of one of our both of our, I would say, mentors in this business, you know, Scotty Lee used to say education covers a lot of ground, but it doesn't cultivate any of it. So, you know, it is about, you know, those folks who are going out there and and kind of grounding, grinding, hitting that ground, pounding it. You got shoot, kids are in, you got young kids in crypto, you got young kids in in uh, currency exchanges and and drop shipping and yeah. and real estate stuff and all these cool things, YouTubing and, uh, and making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in some cases. So there is a, a ton of opportunity. And there's also a sharpness of minds, I think, in, in, in our newer generation that we don't always give uh, folks enough credit for. So I think that, listen, those opportunities are, are fantastic. They're phenomenal. But think of what that person who has that same mind, and let's say they aren't going to a, a two-year or four-year institution, but they take that and decide to put it into this industry. One of the most successful people that I knew in this business, and you know him as well, only had a 10th grade education, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you, know, you know, we're talking about, you know, multimillionaires. So, uh, yeah. at, at, you know, in, in this generation, we have folks who are very sharp. So I think you're spot on, man, and saying, hey, look, it's an opportunity. And, and not to be, not to be, uh, not to disregard, you know, those who have, you know, secondary degrees or even advanced. Yeah. Because we have, you know, PhDs, doctors, have lots of people who are joining the business that have professional degrees and designations and have been working in other industries as well. But I think the point that you're making is, is that it's open for everybody. There's, there's no limitation, you know, really for anyone who is willing to have that work ethic, right? Um, really be about, I'm taking a thing from what you said, right? From what you said in our conversation, having that work ethic, right? Um, being willing to uh, connect with people and being open to listen, you know, to, to ideas uh, and, and being, you know, willing to keep growing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, th this is what you took, this is from our conversation, right? You know, the work ethic, it, it's hey being being open when opportunities are presented and being willing to continue to evolve right and and and, and not not getting complacent with where yeah. you are man so so i think it's think it's pretty phenomenal tell, tell me I, I think you kind of summarized it you know in our conversation but if, if you had to kind of summarize it into a sentence your life 
before getting licensed versus your life after getting licensed? I think before my getting, getting my license, um, I didn't have much direction. Um, I was selling myself short. Um, I was, you know, taking jobs and trying to find jobs that, you know, would just check the box, if you will. Um, after getting my license, I felt more professional. Um, you know, obviously the income was there. Um, and really it gives you a direction on where you may want to take your life. Um, and especially like being on a different aspect of, of insurance now seeing like it, you just don't have to be an individual guy, an individual producer or district manager or an agency manager or anything like that. There are so many jobs out there that you can do in insurance. Um, it's pretty cool, man. Um, I would say after, since getting my license, I just, I have more direction. I think I, I kind of walk with a certain kind of, I don't know how I'm trying to say it, but, uh, I think I just carry myself different. Um, and I think higher and I set higher goals for myself. Awesome. Do you feel like, do you feel like being in the industry has, giving you direction like I think that I love it you know do, do you think it has changed you as far as like who you are as a person like does it has it like absolutely character okay all right absolutely I will say I was born and raised in, in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania and I got my family values and my core here but man I grew when I was in South Florida for, for almost yeah. <laughs> um yeah. you know being ready to be thrown with different culture it just you know being able to talk to, to rich, to poor, to middle class, to African-American, white, um, 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 Hispanic, anything, man. I mean, everything that, that, that can be thrown at you was thrown at me in South Florida. Um, and I really grew there as a person, as an individual. And I'll tell you what, man, even though I'm a, I'm a single father, there's something so gratifying knowing that, you know, I did this myself. Yeah. Like I, I overcame adversity. I, 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 you know, I thank God every day that I adopted my daughter uh, because she's my why she's my everything. She's, you know, I just want her to, to get her to see and, and see what's possible out there in the world. Um, you know, because there's some things she's going to, you know, I can't relate to her. Uh, I don't think a lot of people can, but I mean, you you meet people for a reason. And unfortunately I, I met, uh, her mother for this reason, um, because now I'm her, her father. So she's, she's, she's everything to me. And she's the reason that I keep going and, and I didn't stop and I didn't feel sorry for myself, um, that I just kept grinding and kept that hustler mentality and, you know, just grew, man, grew as a person. And and like I said, there's something so satisfying of like looking, like doing it all myself. So it's very, Cause there were times where I didn't know how I was going to do it by myself. Um, but now I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a good spot, man, for a long time. Um, you know, I, 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 I like where I'm at. I'm happy. Oh, man. No, I, I love it. I love it. Before we, before we wrap up um, for someone who's, who's listening uh, to this conversation and, and perhaps, you know, they, they are thinking of transitioning careers. Maybe they have, Maybe they have been in the business, you know, for a long time. Maybe they haven't been in the business at all. They don't have a have a license, um, but they've seen an ad. They're getting those same phone calls that you were getting. 
what 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 words of, of of guidance would you you know kind of share share with them uh, along there? Um, what they're contemplating, I'll say that. Yeah, I would say if you have people calling you and you're not doing anything, um, take the interview. Uh, the worst you're going to hear is, "Hey, that company may not be for me." I would also say, you know, do your research. You know, you can do property casualty. You could do life insurance. You can do pet insurance. You can do a supplemental insurance. Um, really, just research uh, what you can what you can do. And if you have companies calling you, um, look them up. They leave voicemails. Look them up. See if it's something that interests you. But I would say the same thing that why not? Like why not? Wouldn't you? Why? why like, unless you're doing something better. And obviously you're not because you're looking for other opportunities. If you liked where you were at, you wouldn't be looking for other opportunities. It may be something that, that may be for you because when they were calling me, I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever sell insurance. Um, and now insurance is, you know, my work life. Yes. So it, it's, I would say just take a shot, you know, if it's for you, great. If it's not for you, that's fine. But at least you have the knowledge. And, and, they, and you got the license, right? And you got the license. Um, <laughs> you got the license. You could do different things with that license. Um, and, and, and I would say, man, one small thing that, that I know it's a Gary V thing, uh, but Todd Lauer said it to me. Stop thinking of life as I have to. Start saying replacing I have to with I get to. This is, it's the smallest thing ever, but your mind just circulate. Like you, you just come at it from a different angle. Um, and that's something that really – you know, helped me. Um, and I tell people that all the time and, uh, they love it. They're like, yeah, that, that, that small little change. Um, you know, because there's people out there that, that don't have that opportunity. There's people out there who've, you know, wish they had, um, a license or wish they could get one. It's true. Cause yeah. Cause, cause that's regulated as well. You know, there are certain criteria, yep. but yeah. not, not, not big ones, but not big ones, but yeah, there are criteria, especially if you're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, look, man, I, I appreciate you you coming on. Uh, definitely has, has been a pleasure. I, there's a lot of, of good information here. And I think it's a I think it's a great story. You know, I think it's a great story to share. And it's a story that is, is really kind of to be continued. Right. Yeah. Because it, it's still evolving. And I'm looking forward to you know, now you're working with agencies. I mean, that, that seems to be like kind of the net natural progression for you to, you know, kind of launch your own, launch your own shop and continue to grow and build. And it sounds like you're with an organization that will even continue to support you, you know, even throughout that, because that's yeah. what it's like I said, that organizational culture, man, it's about having that culture that supports your growth and development that doesn't want to stagnate you, but wants to see you elevated. And uh, I'm happy for you. You know, I, I, I wish you continued, you know, success in this business, continued success as a father and just, you know, all the abundance that you deserve, man, because you're, you're a great guy. And uh, for those that are listening, this is a great conversation. You should, you should check them out. Hey, Zach, if someone wants to reach out to you, if someone wants to get in, communi- get in contact with you, wants to communicate, how, how yeah. can they connect with you? Um, you could do so on a, a couple different levels. I'll give you... Um you know, uh, personal email. Um, I don't want to give you my phone number, but you can hit, you can call me on here, send me an email. Um, you can use the do, firms too. If you want to use your firm now and give personal, just kind of, you know, yeah, this is you a, can, you can, a couple months, so it will be okay. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can reach me at, uh, uh, Z Wilson 
at Nishloss, N-E-I-S-H-L-O-S-S dot com. Um, yeah, I would say that's the best way to get me. And uh, if you want to uh, put YouTube or podcast in the subject line, so I know um, where you got my email address from. Perfect, perfect. And uh, social, connect with you on social or do you use social? Um, LinkedIn? I, I, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Hit me on, yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn, okay. I am active on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, it's crazy too with that too, Rod. Um, you know, didn't realize how powerful of a tool LinkedIn was until I started doing what I'm doing now. Um, you know, people answering the phones these days are like dying. Um, my associate just, just got a new agency just based off of LinkedIn. Hey, how are you? I see we're in the same field. Boom. Then you got a phone call. It's crazy, man. Yeah, man. Listen, you got you got to leverage all the tools available. I've actually made some some good friends on LinkedIn actually as well. So you, you just you, you look the, the world is expansive. Um, this is look the world is expansive. There's tons of tools, uh, and there's tons of great people like Zach out there to help you if you are new in the business and you need you know some resources, you need some support, you need some guidance, you need some mentorship. You know, he works for a great firm. They're, they're definitely, when I put the, the information you'll see in the interview, um, you know, that you can go to their YouTube channel and, it, and, and it's a lot of information. And uh, it's always good to know that there's resources available like that for, you know, folks who are starting in the industry or folks who are in the industry and, and maybe branching into other market segments. So for those who are listening, thank you for taking the time to, uh, you know, share in this entire, in this entire interview. Uh, getting everything that was discussed. And maybe you heard, you know, one or two things that causes you to say to yourself, you should get a license. Until the next time, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks.